The day you put your faith in the finished work of Jesus on the cross was the same day that the old you died and was buried so that you could be totally recreated as the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Today we're talking about the day we died. We're glad you're here, New Creations. Let's dive in. Welcome to episode 5 of the We Are Recreated podcast, where we are discovering answers to two of life's biggest questions. Who is God and what is he like? And who am I as a result of Jesus' work on the cross? And we started out this podcast journey um, looking at a theme of verse, 2 Corinthians 5.17. We've been talking about how our new identity in Jesus is the result of what happened at the cross. Today, we're narrowing in on this second part of the verse, the old has passed away, and behold, the new is here. So good. Hey, you know, often we hear about the side of the cross and the side of the good news that talks to us about how Jesus died on the cross to pay the price for our sins. He did. And it's so important that we hang on to that and remember it. And we have to know it. It's foundational for our faith. But there's a side to the good news and to the cross that is also totally staggering that we often overlook or don't hear enough about. It's something that we need to get hold of and believe. And it's the side of the cross where we start to grasp the truth that somehow, by faith, grace puts us at the cross with Jesus and In doing so, it does away with the old, corrupt person that we used to be, the sinful identity that we used to carry and that used to define who we were and dictate how we behaved. It was crucified with Jesus at the cross, and it was done away with. And so it's a truth that we want to talk with you about today. Uh, It's the thing that allows us to say we've been born again and that we have new life in Jesus. Mm -hmm. We have an illustration that we've heard describe the two sides of the cross really well but it's a little bit of a a tender spot for some people because it talks about cancer and uh, for us we've had some experience with close friends and family who have dealt with cancer and so uh, if this is a bit of a tender spot for you please extend us some grace for just a minute because it's such a poignant kind of illustration and example of how important this second side of the cross really is Um, Just consider this. If someone that we loved was in the hospital and they were having a cancerous tumor dealt with by one of the doctors at the hospital, we would be excited for a moment if the doctor came out to us and said, I have good news. We've done the surgery and the cancer, the tumor is gone. Your loved one is completely cancer free. And then our excitement and our joy would dissipate very quickly if the doctor came on with second news and said, unfortunately, our loved one died on the table and they're no longer with us. The whole thing would make us angry and confused and probably bewildered and sad and upset. Uh, Furious, probably. And the truth is that 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 Talking about the cancerous tumor being gone and being cancer-free doesn't mean anything if there's no life left for our loved one. And so this is the part of the cross, the part of the good news that we want to make sure we get hold of as well. Jesus paid the price for sin, but he's also done something for us in giving us life. 
That's right. So Jesus not only deals with sin, but he makes spiritually dead people come to life in Jesus. And this is truth that we discover in multiple places in the word, that by faith we've been placed into Christ, what some people have called the theology of in, and we talked about that in a couple of uh, the previous episodes that we would love for you to take a look at if you haven't already. And this is what it means to be in Jesus, to be joined to him and united with him. Not only did Jesus die for us to pay for sin, but we also died with him so that we could be recreated and reborn with the life of God on the inside. Romans 5.10 speaks to this. It says, If while we were enemies, we were reconciled to God by the death of his Son, much more, now that we are reconciled, shall we be saved by his life. How much more are we saved by his life? That same resurrection life that is gifted to us by faith. Yeah. Galatians 2.20 is another one of those concise, power-packed verses. It says, I have been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life that I now live... I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Galatians 2.20. You know, that first statement is so clear and blatant, and it's the truth. I have been crucified with Christ. Somehow, because of faith, because of the grace of God, we participate with Jesus at the cross so that the people that we used to be, the ones who were cut off from God, who were affected by sin, who had that corrupted identity, People who were sinners and objects of wrath and enemies of God just by default and by nature, all of that was done away with because we were crucified with Christ Jesus. This is the truth that we're looking at today in 2 Corinthians, that the old is gone and that the new has come. That new self is dead to sin and alive to God. It's been recreated Bible says that we are brand new, filled with the life of God, that we're holy and we're righteous because we're in relationship with him. We're in Christ and joined to him. That means that we're able to receive his life and love. In one of the last episodes, we were talking about the great gasp where Adam and Eve had been living in perfection in the garden until that moment when they chose to eat the fruit that God had said not to. And suddenly it was like they couldn't access the love of God, the life of God that had carried them from the moment they had been created. We've been brought back into that place where we can receive from God his life and his love and his acceptance and find security in him. Mm-hmm. We live secure in the love of God who sent Jesus to reconcile the world to himself. We get to live as brand new creations who are made right and who are brought back into relationship with God. And all of these identity statements can be found in the Bible. And so if you would like to explore them more thoroughly, check out the list of scripture references in the show notes of this episode. Colossians also talks about this same experience. Colossians 2.12 says that we were buried with him in baptism by being immersed in him, and we were also raised with him through faith in the powerful working of God who raised Jesus from the dead. And then he continues in chapter 3, verses 1 to 3. Since then you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, 
seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things, for you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you also will appear with him in glory. So it's here at the cross that this glorious exchange takes place. You never have to wonder anymore if you are acceptable to God, because the unacceptable, sinful, corrupted identity is dead and buried. You have been made right. You've been made righteous and accepted in Jesus. Your life is now hidden in him. And from this day to the day he returns, you can know that you are his. It's good news, isn't it? Hey, if you're getting some value or some fresh perspective on your identity in Jesus and just how thorough the work of the cross is, we'd love for you to poke that subscribe button, hit the like button, share this with a friend, and even share with us down in the comments about what Jesus is stirring in you, how he's talking to you about this truth of your new identity in him. Uh, we would love to develop the recreated community and share this joy and this good news with one another and go on an adventure together with Jesus. And so uh, take a minute and do that if you would. When we step into a life of dependence on Jesus, we receive from him more than we can comprehend. It's beyond what we can ask or think or imagine. He gives us everything that we need for life and godliness. It's an inheritance that can never perish or spoil or fade. There's one line that I really want to highlight from what Paul said in Galatians 2.20. It's this phrase, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. This is the truth, that we have all of God on the inside. It's Christ living in us, Christ living in me, the risen Jesus expressing himself through me. The Bible says that Christ in us is the hope of glory. And he's paced placed his life and his power in us. So it's, it's no longer about trying hard for God. It's not about measuring up to some standard by doing all the right things and avoiding all the wrong things and doing the best behavior that you can do. It's not just about following the rules anymore. All of those things are religious and God has called us beyond religious works into this living and joyful relationship, this life of dependence on him. And so what we're really looking at in understanding this new resurrection life is that we get to partner with God who is at work in us. Jesus said, I only do what I see the Father doing. I only say the things that the Father gives me to say. This was the example for us. Because of grace and because of our faith in him, all of God comes to live inside us and we're connected spirit to spirit with him. And so now we can cooperate with him and depend on him for life and strength and wisdom, and grace, moment by moment, as we're going about life, and parenting, and work, and school, and all the other fun things that you get to do. He's there, working in you through all those things. We're going to share a clip now with you of a sermon by Pastor Charles Price from in Toronto, and in it he points out that in Galatians 2, Paul doesn't say in this particular place, this life I now have but instead says this life I now live. And so it serves to highlight the truth that God's life is not uh, dormant or inactive. It's not meant to be suppressed. It's not just that you uh, receive life and get a ticket into heaven. And until then, you've got to just do the best you can to make life work. 
The life you receive from Christ is the life that you get to live and experience right now as you depend on him. So check this out. We're crucified with him, buried with him, risen with him. Fourthly, living with him. Because the verse we read, the life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Not the life I now have. You might have that life. But the life I now live. It's possible to have a life that we do not live. It lies dormant. These last few days, when I was driving each night, I was staying in a hotel down there in St. Jacob's and going each night and speaking at this event. And uh, I, I drove past an old Mennonite farm. There's a whole series of them. No electric cables, of course, no mechanization, just buggies and, and so on. And one of the places I drove by every day had an old black car outside by the, one of the barns. I don't know where it came from, don't know what its use is. Maybe because they don't drive cars. Maybe they kept chickens in it or something. But the owner could say this, the car I now have, but he could not say the car I now drive. And there are Christians who might say, there's a life I now have, but not a life I now live. God didn't give his life for you so that you could work hard at pleasing him in your own strength until you finally stand with him in glory. Part of this exchange we're talking about today involves stepping into a brand new system of living. His life is your life and your power for living. He wants to be everything you need in every situation as you rely on him and lean into him by faith. The new has come. And we get to live it by faith, minute by minute. We have access to all the blessings of God. We get so much. But at the core of it all, the most important thing to know is this. We get Jesus himself. This exchange was always God's plan for salvation and for life. He even prophesied about it in the Old Testament. We can read in Ezekiel chapter 36, verses 26 and 27. It's here. It says, I will give you a new heart. And I will put a new spirit in you. I will remove from you a heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I will put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to obey my laws. This was God's plan. Ezekiel was prophesying. He was looking forward about the very thing that we're talking about in this episode. And so now, with Ezekiel prophesying that and having looked forward to the very thing that we're talking about, we can say things like this. Do we have a new heart? Yes. Has the hardness been rubbed away? Yes. Has he put his spirit in us? Yes. Are we able to walk according to the spirit of God to fulfill the desire of God? Yes. God's done it and he finished the work at the cross. And so now we live by faith in him. The old is gone and the new is here right now. Present tense, you are alive in Christ. This is who you are, the recreated community. 
In the next video, join us for a deep dive comparison of what it means to be an Adam versus what it means to be in Christ. It'll be a great encouragement to your heart to see what you've been freed from and what you've been freed into because you're in Jesus. So until we see you next time, remember, we are recreated.